0: We're getting you ready for the game on The Build Up with news from around the league, interviews, highlights and more. Here's your host, Ted Ramey. It's been a, a bit of a nightmare for them at the beginning of the season, as you know, with uh, with all that happened in the COVID and, uh, um, you know, just they were hurt and they're banged up and they're healthier now and I think they're to, their game's better now. Um, you know, it's a team that you look at that board and we said this this morning as coaches, um, you, you know, there's a lot of veteran guys there that have been around the league a long time so they have a lot of experience but, you know, they they play a certain way for Barry um, and they're pretty structured obviously and uh, um, they've had success with it before. Um, so it's uh, it's not an easy team to play against when they're healthy. I think that uh, um, they got an identity line in that fourth line, um, they got a couple young kids that they've implemented in there that are high first round picks. Um, so. Um, you know, they got all they got all the parts, and, and, and they, those guys have a lot of experience. Good afternoon, everyone. That was Bob Bugner bringing us in, talking about the New York Islanders, the Sharks' opposition for the evening. And we are going to see some history as Zdeno Chara will break the record for the most games played all time in the NHL by a defenseman. So pretty big night for a number of reasons, and obviously, Uh, Chara's history is a huge, huge bit of this, but for the San Jose Sharks, it's a matter of walking away with two points. That is paramount. That is the biggest issue. That is the biggest problem for this team right now. They are simply not winning games, and the San Jose Sharks need to win a game if they want to stay alive in the playoff race. And my whole design for the year has been just be better from start to finish, one week to the next, one month to the next, whatever we're going to call it. But the problem is is the Sharks have had a bit of a backslide as of late, and that's why they find themselves now 50 points on the year 9 points back of the final wild card spot. They've slipped in the division and ultimately we hope this is the low point of the season that they are able to bounce back and put together a much better performance, but you know that's that's on them. That's going to be the the big emphasis of the night is to walk away with two points tonight and see if they can build on that because they do have challenges in front of them especially with Boston on Saturday night followed the next night the second night of a back-to-back against the Kraken who they have not been able to beat up to this point of the season. So it all starts tonight for the San Jose Sharks. And to get us up to date on where everything is, is with the islanders we are now joined by andrew gross who covers the islanders on newsday andrew what's happening man
1: Uh, nothing i, I guess uh, i've been told i brought the cold weather with me from new york uh right <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah man it's uh it's been weird like this is not we even had a little bit of hail the other day which was kind of crazy considering it hadn't really rains in the bay area since like christmas day so uh but i'm not i'm not blaming you we were we were due anyway um you know obviously we we saw these two teams go at it earlier this year and i think that we all expected there would be kind of a rectification from the islanders from how we we thought they were and what they thought they were heading into this year and they've definitely been better in the new year um, where, where do you think you know what's the crux of why it didn't you know lead up to expectations this year for the islanders
1: uh, I mean there's a there's a litany at this point, but you, you start with a really bizarre schedule. and I, I know every team in the NHL, particularly the sharks. I mean the sharks, along with the Islanders seem to be one of the early guinea pigs for how the <laughs> NHL would deal with the, the COVID-19 outbreak that mm-hmm. we saw, you know, November, December, and January. And, uh, you know, the the NHL allowed, you know, as you saw, they, they allowed the teams to play on for quite some time. And as a result, the Islanders played with a hybrid AHL-NHL uh, roster for a few games. And this was right as they were opening their long, long, longly awaited new arena. We're mm-hmm. talking, you know, probably going back to the late earlys, uh you know late 80s early 90s it was identified that the islanders needed a new building and you finally get one and you know in 2021 and to do so you got to start the season on with 13 games on the road which you know is more ominous than it sounds they really broke it up into four road trips within that they had a lot of time off between the games but as a result the weird long time spent away from home and then forever at home they played you know i think it was like two road games in over a month (laughs) at one point it was it was 14 of 15 at ubs arena and a lot of they had nine postponements 13 games rescheduled uh they just have never gotten into a rhythm but you know those good good teams play through stuff like that and and the issue this season really has been more on ice is they don't have enough finishers they're not uh they're not they're not transporting the puck well up the ice Mm -hmm. losing nick losing nick letty and devontae's in back-to-back off seasons has definitely taken a toll um the, the, the the goaltending has, has, it hasn't been bad, but it hasn't been to the level they need. Simeon Varlamov has dealt with some injuries and, you know, neither goalie, uh, you know, they were alternating for a long time and, you know, a couple of soft goals here and there. Uh, But really it's the finishing, it's uh, the, the, the lack of puck transportation, the ability to play a fast game and not that they don't have fast skaters. They can't play fast because they haven't been connecting on passes or breaking out of their zone or, you know, navigating the neutral zone has been a real issue for them. And then by the time you get to the uh, offensive zone, the, the, the guys are exhausted and you can't establish a four check or get into a cycle. So, you know, one thing has seemed to begat another thing yeah. as the season has gone on.
0: Even in light of the, you know, the, the COVID issues and maybe not, um, you know, having things be I- ideal. And I, I know you put in the caveat of, you know, it's not been ideal for I- everyone this year. But I mean, is is it still surprising? Like, I have to imagine that if I had told you this is where the Islanders were at this point of the year, even knowing that things were going to be odd heading into this year, it would have surprised you, right?
1: Oh, absolutely. I mean, uh, uh, you know, back-to-back trips to the NHL Final Four, losing both times to the eventual cup champion uh, Lightning but more, more so than that, uh, it, going into this season, uh, you know, I wrote it. The expectations outside the room were certainly Stanley Cup or bust. But it wasn't just, you know, you know, dime store prognosticators like me calling it a Stanley Cup or bust season. That was the feeling within the room. Uh, so yeah, there, there's a, a tremendous surprise as to which way it's it's gone so far this season.
0: And in terms of the team being better since the start of the year, is this a correction or is there something that you can visibly point to? Um,
1: well, uh, you know, the last game, Kyle Palmieri and Zach Parisi combined mm-hmm. for three goals and uh, they have both started getting on the board and, you sign Kyle Palmieri to a four-year, $20 million extension, and you expect more than one goal through 29 games to start the season. Then he was out, I believe, for 10 with an injury. And, uh, you know, you talk about not finishing, and that that's one of the issues is that Kyle Palmieri was expected to be, you know, the 20-goal scorer that he was consistently with the Devils. And it's only been... He's been back in the lineup I think four games. He's got four goals in those four games. And and that's easily the best span of, of the season so mm-hmm. far for him. And you know, Zach Parisi certainly is not he was not signed to be the, the top six or top line player that he was with the Minnesota Wild or, or the New Jersey Devils and he's been very effective in a third line role but he was another one of those guys who you know get shots on net and nothing was going in I, I think it was one goal in 20 the first 23 games for him and and now he's starting to pot a few um so the, th- those are good signs it's, it's probably you know a little too little a little too late for mm-hmm. this team at this point um but you're, you're, you're starting at least, and, and and I should say, the expansion uh, Seattle Kraken played one of the worst games I've seen in a long time. Uh, when we were up there on Tuesday <laughs> night, they were, I mean, they were they were borderline incompetent for 30 minutes. <laughs> um, uh, you know, uh, but but that being said, the, the, the Islanders lost to the Kraken three nothing at UBS Arena on February yeah. second, going into <laughs> the All Star break. And, and then, uh, just before going out on the road, they lose to the Montreal Canadiens, who are playing better under Marty St. Louis. Yeah, uh, you know, more, more. They, they are playing better, but still, uh, it, there there's a reason Marty St. Louis is coaching the team right now, and it's because they're in last place, and, they, and they've been, you know, a train wreck since getting to the Stanley Cup Finals. So, the, the, and, and the Islanders also lost six three in Buffalo. Uh, before coming home so they, they've they just been giving away points uh, that they can't afford to give away
0: yeah no I mean it's funny hearing you talk about you know the lack of finishing and some of the other issues with the team because y- you could just you know change a couple of words and you could be talking uh, about the Sharks um, you know the Sharks are obviously seven games in a row now without a win they have been able to garner some points in there uh, you know I'm just curious if you know, you saw them earlier this year. Does this match what you expected to see from the Sharks? Did you think they would eventually drop off, or were you just kind of unsure of where they would go?
1: Yeah, I mean, I'll be honest. It's a little bit of a it's a little bit of an East Coast bias in that you know I'm not staying up until one thirty to watch Sharks games. You know, are <laughs> not? All, no, oh, I, I'm sorry. <laughs> so you know, and 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 that's. I I think, you know, that's that's a different discussion we can have, um, you know, where where, you know, half the country really doesn't see the other half of the country play on a a regular basis. I know when they came into UBS arena, they played, you know, a a game that you would expect the Islanders to play Mm -hmm. a very structured, sound game. Uh, You know, they got some guys who can finish. Uh, they got really good goaltending in that game, but that game was now uh, you know a couple of months ago, and yeah. uh, you know ebbs and flows of the season. Uh, in general, from talking to other people, yeah, I think the 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 Sharks are kind of going more to a level that maybe was expected of them at the beginning of the season. I, I, you know, I don't know whether losing seven straight is what's expected, but I I don't necessarily know that they were expected to be a strong playoff contender.
0: What's it been like for you to follow Zdeno Chara as he is on the cusp of making some rather remarkable history?
1: Yeah, it's always, you know, uh, if you consider your job, as a sports writer or a journalist, really, you know, when it comes to the crux of it, you're a you're a a, a historian, right?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So, being part of history is always something I relish. And you know, Barry Trotz keeps saying that this this is a record that might not be touched again. Uh, you, you look at the guys who are close to Zdano uh, in the league. I, I think Ryan Suter is you know 400 games behind him, and yeah. and Ryan is. I think he's what 37, and he's already been bought out of a large contract. You don't know how much longer he might go, and 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 it's you know it's a little tougher on defensemen with the speed with which the NHL is played at these days. And and that you know to be honest, that's uh, when you talk about Zdeno, that's one of the things that sort of stands out is he still does a lot of things really well, mm-hmm. but. The fact that he is not quick, let's say, does also stand out in today's game. But, you know, as Dano is very low-key about this, he actually hasn't uh, spoken publicly about uh, tying the record yet. We expect him to talk after today's game. But uh, talking to his teammates, he didn't want any really any way of marking the milestone <laughs> uh you know yeah no he's uh you know as barry trott said all he wanted was to win that game yeah. um and you know so as Dano, y- y- you talk to people around the league and uh he, he literally every he's on everyone's top three list of best teammates to have. And, uh, you know, I, I think his impact will be felt on the, on the franchise, even if he's traded before the trade deadline, or if he doesn't come back next season, which I think would be a surprise, but everyone talks about this guy's work ethic and how he takes care of his body. And, you know, to, 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 to bring a, a six foot nine, 250 pound body uh, through 24 seasons in the NHL is, you know, it, it, it's really, really remarkable that he stayed the Celtic.
0: You know, it's interesting to hear you talk about Chara and juxtapose that with what, you know, we got to see up close and personal with Patrick Marleau last year. And, you know, it sounds like you're, you know, talking about the same guy because it's like Patrick Marlowe is not a, big. He doesn't really like the limelight and the attention that much. And it was, it put him in not an awkward position, but it wasn't the natural Patrick Marlowe that we saw, you know, going through that and being emotional and recognizing because he's, you know, was such a stalwart guy for, you know, almost in all of his career, except for that literal moment when he broke the all-time games played record last year. And, you know, you talk about the work ethic, you know, obviously you've got to be tremendously lucky to be blessed with the physicality that allows you to stay, you know, mostly healthy, but it doesn't happen by accident. The work ethic, the fact that teammates all like them, I mean, that's 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 a point of focus, it would seem. Um, you know, you brought up the trade deadline. I have to imagine that this team feels like this is an aberration this year and they feel like they can align themselves for better results next year to get back in line with expectations. What are you expecting heading for the deadline? Because it was something a buddy asked me about the other night, and I kind of said, boy, I... I don't know what they're gonna do. <laughs> <laughs> well,
1: I mean, there there are parts they can sell off. You know, Cal Clutterbuck's coming up to impending uh unrestricted free agency. I, I would expect teams to be interested in him. Uh, you know, maybe they can move as Zach Parisi, maybe they can move as Dano Chara, you know. Uh there there's some reports out there, maybe, you know, even teams might be sniffing around Josh Bailey. Hmm. Um, I, you know, but but to your point, yeah, no. The, the the core group of this team is going to be together. They're not going to take a, a a hammer to this and just chisel it apart, mainly because there are a lot of long-term contracts and there are a lot of parts they still like here. You got Barzell, you know, down the middle, you got uh, all four centers signed in Barzell, Nelson, uh, Pajot and Sizekas. They're all, you know, they're not, you know, going out the door at any point soon. Mm. So, you know, you're you're going to do your work around the margins uh with this core group. Uh, you know, Lou's certainly going to assess what went wrong and what the needs are. And I don't think it's you know, it's any secret. They need a, a puck moving defenseman. Um, you know, Noah Dobson is developing nicely, but he can't be the only one. Um, so you need a puck moving defenseman and you need some finishing on the wings and uh you know Uh, I'm just scanning Twitter today. It's looking like the predators not, might not be able to, uh, keep Philip Forsberg. Mm -hmm. Is that, is that a guy he would look really good here, you know? Um, but also it's a matter of the cap. So, you know, if the Islanders could somehow move out Semyon Varlamov's 5 million salary for next season. And you know, get out a little bit more money. You know, if you're talking about Josh Bailey, that's another five million. Then all of a sudden, uh, Lou's got I think it would be like around 25 million under the cap to work with this off season, uh, which you know you, you could see some some big ticket items brought in. And 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 I will say to that point, Islanders ownership has made it very clear that the the investment they made in UBS Arena. Um, and also in their practice facility, mm-hmm. uh, one of the specific goals is to attract big time free agents, which is something the Islanders could never do yeah. playing at Nassau Coliseum. Uh, they, they expect to be players in the free agent market now. So, uh, that, that is something to look out for.
0: Interesting. Well, Andrew, I know you've got stuff to do, so I will let you go, but it's been great talking with you once again. And I look forward to seeing you tonight at the arena.
1: All right, Ted. Listen, always great shouting. Thanks for having me.
0: Again, that is Andrew Gross, who covers the Islanders for Newsday, and he's been a pleasure to talk with every time we've had him on the Sharks Audio Network this year. But, I mean, it's the same thing for the San Jose Sharks. Don't fall behind early. Don't fall behind by multiple goals. Try and get that first goal. Try and get momentum swinging your way early in the game, because to me, that is so much of what we've seen with the Sharks this year when they're having success. It is the fact that they score first. It is the fact that they are dictating the game and making the other team respond to them as opposed to the Sharks being the reactionary team. A couple of changes to the lineup that we're going to see tonight. Uh, Balsers is out. He uh, took that hit the other day in the game and apparently, according to Bob Bugner, he took a step back and was uh, is not going to be able to go tonight. Uh, we are going to see Ryan Merkley coming into the lineup and Shimek is going out. I'm also curious to see what more we get from uh, Dezingle because he looked... Uh, He looked interesting the other night. I mean, I thought that he, for a guy who hadn't played in a week and had never been a San Jose Shark before, I thought he looked like he had some good legs out on the ice, had some good energy, created some opportunities. I'm not going to be surprised if he uh, starts to have an impact sooner rather than later. And uh, Dolan is back in the lineup as well. That's another thing the Sharks are going to be looking at tonight. And I really want to see Dolan have a big night because I think you see a lot of potential with his game. It's just a matter of, you know, doing the... Doing the tough work, getting deeper, trying to you know create things out of nothing sometimes. I feel like he was a little bit more aggressive earlier in the year. He's been a little bit more tentative as of late. But you know we'll have to see how this all plays out over the course of the game. But uh, it's a big one tonight, guys. I'm not going to lie. The Sharks need to end this slide. They need to put themselves back on the winning side of things. And there is no better time than the present. Be sure to join me tomorrow morning for Morning Tide right here on the Sharks Audio Network as we react to everything we see tonight against the Islanders and a bit of history with Zedano Chara For the San Jose Sharks, I'm Ted Rainey signing off.
1: You're listening to the Sharks Audio Network.